Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 79 of Do The Woo. I'm here with Bob WP, the famous Bob, and uh, and a couple guests, which I'm really excited to talk to. But before we get into it, I want to I want to see how you're you're doing, Bob. Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, is it getting cold over there in Seattle? You know, actually, since we're on the ocean, we're a few degrees warmer. But we've been getting down in the I think we got down in the 30s actually a couple of days ago. So it's been a bit brisky, but um. But I, I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're we're that cold too. I, I went out for a walk this morning, and I I walked back inside, um, and I was typing, and I I noticed my fingers they they went slower than normal. So that's how I gauge the temperature outside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I gauge it by the wind here. So it's like <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get into the show, I just want to thank our sponsors today. Uh, we've got WooCommerce. Now, Bob, I don't know what you're doing on the last Thursday of each month at around 1800 UTC. It's super specific, but it's important because you don't want to miss the monthly community chat on the WooCommerce core Slack channel. It's the last Thursday of each month at 1800 UTC, and it's a great way to hear the latest updates from the Woo team uh, or the WooCommerce team. Uh, We also want to thank paypal who's a sponsor uh hey the holiday's coming up and uh there's this cool new thing maybe it's new i don't know new to me uh that paypal is doing which is called paying four uh and so you can have your clients pay in four installments giving your customers another option for their purchasing power during the holiday season so go visit woocommerce.com go check out paypal's paying four Make sure and check out the course Slack channel chat. It's fun. It's cool. You'll learn a lot. Um, and with that, I think, I think we'll we'll get into it. Um, so we have with us Jimmy and Dave. Now these these two guys these these are simple names. Okay, they are simple names, but they are not simple people. Um, because they have a lot to share with us. You can't see it, but they're both saying, ah, I don't know, we might be. Anyway, um, I would love for each of you to introduce yourself. This is a kind of a rare thing where we have two guests on the show at the same time, and uh, and you're going to see how their lives have kind of weaved themselves together. Maybe, uh, maybe they didn't want them to, but they did. So um, Jimmy, Dave, welcome to the show. Uh, Jimmy, you want to start out and introduce yourself? Yes, of course. First of all, thank you for having us. Um, great pleasure. Um, I'm, I am Jimmy Rosen, and I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Angry Creative. And we are a, well, WooCommerce and uh, WordPress specialist, based uh, originally based, at least, in Sweden. Excellent. Well, nice to have you, Jimmy. And we're going to go more in depth with you in a second. Dave, introduce yourself. You're newly Dave. You you used to be David, but now you're Dave. I'd like to I'd like to keep things fluid. I like it. Uh, um, so I'm David Lockie. Um, Dave or David Lockie, uh, depending on on the day. 
apparently. I uh, founder and CEO of Pragmatic. We're a UK-based agency, specialist in, in, uh, in WordPress. And I'll, I'll leave the story there for now. Excellent. Well, welcome to the show, you two. Bob. Yes. I know you have a pressing question for <laughs> these two. And it's a question I've heard you ask many times before, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to step out of the way and let you ask this question. Okay, cool. Well, um, we'll, we'll head back to um, Jimmy. And essentially what we want to hear is a little bit of your journey. It can even be to WordPress, but then how you ended up getting involved with WooCommerce. All right. Like for me personally, it was... Um, so I found kind of by mistake uh, WordPress when I was in my dorm room. This was like 05, 06, something like that. Uh, it was really early on, very early on, and you know it was it was a you know simple enough CMS that I could hack basically with my well novice PHP skills I guess, and you know it was I did that and I did all kinds of other you know freelance gigs, but like in uh, kind of oh oh six or seven I started only doing websites. Um, as my main freelance gig, I uh, this was like during my my university studies, so you know it wasn't full time. Then I uh, in '09 I uh, I graduated and you know had to become an adult real fast, more or less. Uh, you know, so I had to you know get myself a job, and that was during a, kind of a you know similar situation to now doing a raging depression in the economy. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. But, you know, it's it's uh, I stuck to it. And in uh, 2011, I did my first hire. And, uh, yeah, from there, uh, it's it's been, it's been uh, um, I've been working hard to, you know, make this a great firm since then. Yeah, so did you kind of get into the Woo space? I mean, did it? just come naturally or did it you segue into it because you wanted to get in the e-commerce part of things or how did that kind of play out to be honest like um first off it was in the beginning it was like you know simple websites um and and then you know more advanced uh, cms websites but like we had we did uh, i think it was um i think it was in what was the year um it was pretty early on that we did our first uh, WooCommerce site. It was 2013, I think. We did like some subscription service, but like most of our gigs were uh, were um, WordPress only. Um, but then you know that kind of snowballed, and uh, and um, um, and we found out that like the um, well, the clients have a lot higher purchasing power, and you know they they definitely they stick with you um in the cms space it's more of a you know it's kind of a race to the bottom kind of if if you're a if you're a tech firm at least like you you um you get less and less of the gigs where you can put like lots and lots of hours into just like perfecting it you know the space for that is really crowded and so it it just came natural, like you know, our WooCommerce clients—they really need you know skilled people to help them grow, and you know to keep 
their uh, their main business well being their website you know alive and working and you know optimized and all of that and uh, and um, so from there just you know um, all of a sudden we we more or less only had WooCommerce clients uh, and and a, a bunch of like really um, well, larger CMS clients for like you know multinational companies, but but uh, other than that, like that's a you know that's a kind of client in itself. But the rest of them, more or less, WooCommerce, and you know it's, I mean it's it's in a sense like a CMS site is, you know it helps you trade, um, it, in terms of what what it gives the the. Uh, uh, the client, it's those you know leads basically, but you know e-commerce gives you a lot more than that, so it, it helps you trade a lot better. So um, and you since it's open source, you can you know you can modify it. And I mean we have clients selling everything from funerals to phone gadgets to whatever you know. Um, it's it's a, it's a big space, and with with the, the power of open source, you can sell uh, you know sell anything and create any kind of you know custom. A checkout fl- flow, more or less, making you sell anything in a nice way to the end clients. How about you, Dave? How did you get into this whole thing? Pretty similar to Jimmy. Um, I was already graduated and working on some startups with some friends out of university, uh, working on kind of promoting clean tech, fuel cells, hydrogen, that that kind of cool stuff. Uh, but but way back before there was any money in it, uh, which took us a while to figure out but along the way I learned from some really good developers how to how to do some basic coding <clears throat> this was all kind of uh back in the classic ASP days uh and then I was getting married and I needed to save a bit of money up for um buying wedding wings and stuff because we were doing a startup so we were all pretty poor uh and I, I remember I'd, I'd built a couple of just like from scratch html sites um and then you know how it is, you, you suddenly need to go back and like just change something in the header or just change something in the footer and you suddenly had to edit like nine different text files. I was like, this is stupid. There's got to be a way to template this stuff. Um, and sadly, there wasn't a good way to, to do HTML templating. So I got kind of down the route where I had to find a CMS. And, you know, up until last week, in fact, I've, I've always been like a Windows guy. Um, and... Basically, WordPress was the only CMS I could get running, uh, and it, it, you know, WordPress is also very good for what I call like brute force coding, because you can just like be a monkey with a typewriter, and eventually it'll work. Like PHP is very forgiving um, and very accessible. Uh, so yeah, I started making some websites for friends and family, doing that. Uh, eventually, realized I could make more money doing that than I could in my day job. Uh, so, long story short quit that, started freelancing full-time, got super busy. Uh, And I think it was probably when we were like a micro business, like maybe two or three people. And the golden rule was always like, never do e-commerce with WordPress. Like you do pretty much anything else, but just never touch e-commerce. And then Jiggershop came along. And Jiggershop was the first uh, version of e-commerce for WordPress that just kind of made sense. Uh, It wasn't like, totally forced into WordPress. It felt like a, a natural kind of fit in lots of different ways. So we, I think we even did like one or two projects with Jigger Shop. Um, 
and I, I was always like a big child themer. That was that was like my WordPress way. I think I started with thematic, and I must have built like fifty different sites with thematic. And then I started using uh, WooThemes Canvas, so I was already super familiar with Woo, and I knew like their their code quality was really good, uh, and their support was good as well. Uh, and I remember meeting the team for the first time in Leiden. The, I think that was the first WordCamp Europe, and uh, the team were really cool as well. Um, so yeah, we we just kind of naturally fell into using WooCommerce when we we had e-commerce requirements come through, um, and we never seemed to get like the nice easy projects. You know, the I, I just want to sell caps or t-shirts, and they were like it's small, medium, and large. We'd get like the I want to build a personalizable book where I want people to be able to upload images and like write their own thing. And so we always used to get these like insanely complex WooCommerce projects. Um, like we pretty much built Airbnb uh, with WooCommerce at one point. <laughs> I think we've probably only charged about 20 grand for it as well. Um, so yeah, and you know, ever since we've used WooCommerce as one of our kind of trusted stable of plugins, um, and we've done all kinds of exotic things for it for for clients large and small. Uh, so it's been it's been a really good part of our journey. Uh, although it hasn't been as as cool as um, it has been to Jimmy until recently. This episode is brought to you by WooCommerce. You may just be starting your journey as a Woo builder, or will into that journey, or perhaps you have WooCommerce talents that you want to bring to a team as you look to make a switch in your career. WooCommerce has several roles open that will likely fit your own goals of growth. You'll be joining the larger automatic team, a diverse and distributed group of individuals with a passion for WordPress, and yes, in many cases, WooCommerce. If you are looking to make that career pivot and love working from home, check out all their positions over on our job listings at dothewoo.io. Trust me, I know the company. I know a lot of the people there. It's a smart move. Thanks to WooCommerce.com and their support as a community sponsor. Now let's head back to the show. So I want to go back to those Jigashop days. Um, If we can think about what e-commerce was like then and what e-commerce is like now and where e-commerce is going in 20 years now i i know as a fact that dave is um is a futurist i think um in in a way and i don't know about jimmy but if jimmy and dave are buddies then i'm guessing that jimmy probably has some of that some of that in him somewhere um but you know dave we can start with you and and you know what's where where have things been and how have things changed uh, what have you noticed as far as you know big changes in in the in the industry in the way in the way shops are are put together in the way consumers interact with with shops and then uh, maybe where you think things are going to end up? So I'm going to zoom out a little bit first, um, and then I'll zoom to the future. So like going back, <clears throat> I trade's basically the foundation of humanity as we know it. The necessity and attraction of commerce is what's allowed people to overcome the fears of uh, different groups, different countries, different tribes, whatever it is, to work together and create almost unimaginable value. Even the Roman emperors would uh, blush at at what people have access to these days. Um, 
even in the most modest household. And more than anything, trade is what stitches together human society. It creates mutual interest and that makes cooperation and trust overpower conflict and fear. And the need for that, I'm sure, is sort of never clearer than, than at the moment. So today, e-commerce is an incredibly important part of global trade. It allows anyone to sell anything to anyone else at any time. And certainly, I believe this, that this kind of power and freedom is vital for our continuing mutual prosperity. That trade is one of the, the reasons that there is much less war now, because it's just not in each other's, uh, in, in different natures, uh, nations' interests to, to go to war, because they have too many vested trade interests. And open source is a really important part of that. It's vital to oppose this kind of increasing centralization of power and protect uh, individual freedoms in this sort of ever more connected world. And that's why, you know, that's why we love WooCommerce. Uh, it's the most powerful, the most popular open source e-commerce platform. Um, and by supporting every client to to achieve success with WooCommerce, we are contributing to global prosperity and harmony. And I really believe that. It's it's nothing short of that. As to where e-commerce is going, I think there's some really interesting macro trends. One, which I think is sort of super powerful, is, is the whole kind of no-code movement. Um, there's just some really incredible tools coming out, whether it's sort of Airtable or Webflow or um, Bubble. Uh, we really must pay attention in the WordPress space to to what's happening there um, because we're definitely losing deals to no code. And these aren't necessarily like small mom and pop store deals. Uh, obviously, Shopify has been super, super successful, but some of these are kind of enterprise gigs where actually they can do everything they, they need to with Webflow. So no code is really important as a, as a trend. <clears throat> I think... AI is, you know, I mean, it's just like this massive gaping void of different technologies and potential impacts, both good and bad, uh, on, on e-commerce. But, you know, I think out of that, you start to see things like personalization. Um, you start to see things like integration with additive manufacturing, 4D printing, so that it's not so much a case of, you know, what have you got to sell other people, but can you build what other people want? You know, can somebody come to their site and tell you what they want and you can make it for them? Um, so, yeah, no code, AI, um, and I'd I'd say personalization is sort of a pretty big micro trend within that as well. Um, before I, because you're right, Mendo, I, I love dreaming about where things are going. Uh, and before I ramble on too long, I'll, I'll hand it over to, to the man. Yeah, so we can probably dissect um, every sentence of that and turn it into its own essay um, uh, because there's there's a lot there. There's a lot packed into into those statements. Uh, so thanks for that, Dave. Um, what about you, Jimmy? Well, you know, obviously, uh, with uh, especially with the you know coronavirus, um, I think we've taken a huge leap into you know digitalization for you know. Um, what was bound to happen, uh, you know, had to happen re real fast. Uh, and like everyone is like, you know, changing the way they do business, basically. Like, uh, I mean, like these days we're getting people that, well, you know, hardware, uh, hardware shops, 
you know, we have to do e-commerce because otherwise we can't manage. Um, you know, and you know, we have basically we've we've uh, um, we have kind of a productized version of uh, of WordPress. You know, basically, and that's basically like a theme, a set of plugins, and uh, um, you know, a concept of how to do uh, the Woo, I guess. And that we sell, you know, as a fixed price starter project, and that we ship ship that off to um, many of the you know simpler clients, uh, and we can just like sell that, boom, fixed price, here we go. And then we have, but like building on top of that, we we you know obviously do customizations, um, and that's you know our our main business doing customizations. You know what happened? What's happening now is that like everyone is having to you know, question their business model. And like, uh, it's not only the dreamers that uh, Dave uh, built, a, you know, a 20K Airbnb for. Uh, I, you know, sorry to say, but Dave, you got hustled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's happened a lot, Jimmy. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but but to, like, to be fair, that, that client... Um, you know, although we didn't make a great profit out of that project, uh, if any, um, I, I recently read an article in like a, a mainstream newspaper about her and her business as a success, and we built the first version of that. So, whether, you know, whether or not um, like there was much profit in that project, it, it created immense value for, you know, for her and in turn everyone else. And I always find that no matter how painful a project is, as long as you get it past the post, then you're creating value. And that's that, that's what keeps me in the game, I think. Yeah, yeah, man, that's good fun. I mean, like, yeah. And that's that's and just that kind of project is what we're seeing popping up everywhere. So, like, you know, uh, how can we deliver value to our clients? Yeah, uh, you know, you, you can't, uh, you know, small mom and pop, pop stores, they can't, you know, they can't compete with, you know, the big, the really big businesses. I mean, they have to have business models that, um, you know, um, that lifts other things than just price or, 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 or um, you know. Um, and then what can they, you know, can they use Shopify? Well, maybe not. Then they have to, you know, customize. And how can they do that with Shopify? Well, they can't. So, you know, open source. Boom. There you go. So, so there's there's been an immense increase in in um, the you know uh, the amount of clients that are turning to open source uh, because like they can't go on proprietary platforms. Obviously, like everyone is making a buck here, especially the big platforms that you know ship standardized stuff. But like we in the open source community, we um, I mean like customization is you know our bread and butter. Um, I mean we're not you know that's that's we don't. Um, we don't charge for licenses. We charge for customization. So, um, and, and like everyone is, is um, if you can't be on a, you know, standardized, super standardized product, you have to, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to take a standardized product and, you know, customize it. And that's what we do. So, yeah. So, Jimmy, um, the two of you made a decision um, earlier this year to do business with each other um to to combine forces and and to create a, a stronger um agency experience i'm guessing um by merging your two agencies 
and uh, and um, two name of the two agencies, uh, Pragmatic and Angry What? Angry Creative. Angry Creative. Okay, so Angry Creative and, and Pragmatic, which these are kind of like um, also oddly opposing ideas. Um, anyway, so I'm curious, uh, and then I'll give it back to Bob to ask some more questions, but I'm curious how the two of you met. And then, um, you know, clearly you have some common vision for the future and some and some common uh, tread on your tires from, from the past. But, um, you know, you met, um, how did that happen? And then how did you eventually come to Combined Forces? I think we met like at some uh, WordCamp and we, you know, it was the usual after party thing, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's, it might have been a, a stiff drink or two involved, uh, might have, but uh, yeah. Uh, and we, but we're never late to the day, you know, to, to, uh, to uh, the day after when, you know, the second day of WordCamp, we're never late. Just, just you know, to be clear, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that doesn't that does not happen to us. You know, we're there, eight sharp, boom. Even uh, even what, ha- <laughs> no, no matter no matter what happened the day before. Um, anyway, um, that's basically it. Then uh, uh, Dave invited me to um, uh, a group of uh, like-minded individuals. So uh, it was, um, um, yeah, basically a, a group of um, WordPress entrepreneurs. Uh, where we, you know, in, uh, change, uh, exchange ideas and, you know, what works for you and what do you feel about this? And, uh, you know, um, that was a really, it's been a really great group. Uh, obviously this year it's, it's um, we haven't really, you know, had the opportunity to meet, but uh, yeah, that's, that's where our friendship was evolved, I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely my recollection too. And then <clears throat> to pick up to pick up the story, uh, lockdown, uh, lockdown, th- sort of through a lot of challenges uh, in a lot of different ways to a lot of businesses, um, and it, it, it became pretty clear to me that this was like a long term thing, and that uh, e commerce was really a very sensible place to be um with almost all other avenues of trade closed e-commerce just seemed like the obvious place to start um start paddling towards that plus some other things like uh, lms which angry creative already did so um i think basically how it happened was we had a client come in like a client inquiry and they were like, yeah, we've got this high volume e-commerce site. It keeps going down. And I knew that. So Jimmy's kind of under underplaying the productization that that, that they've done. And, it, you know, it's really sophisticated down to kind of infrastructure level. So it's a very sort of integrated um, product. And we we got to the point, I think, a couple of years ago where if it was uh, like scaling e-commerce, uh, we would always give that lead over to Angry because they could do a better job, uh, and I can't take somebody's money if I think we're going to do a, a second-rate job. Um, so I, I basically phoned Jimmy and I was like, "Look, I've got a lead for you." And he's like, "Well, hey, you should just, you know, sell your business to me." And I was like, "Well, actually, maybe there's something in that." Um, and so we started talking, and you know, basically figured out that we 
like together we could solve a lot of uh, our combined visions as well as accelerate the journey of sort of our focus away from the more volatile uh, CMS project space to the sort of far more stable uh, and and fertile, definitely in the current climate, uh, WooCommerce retainer and um, sort of iterative improvement space. So it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, Maybe it would would have happened eventually anyway, but um, coronavirus was definitely an accelerant there. So that kind of involved the whole thing that you had um, mentioned, I know, in the press release when you first announced this, that you were moving in the direction of support and maintenance. Then um, um, that probably wasn't just, you know, WooCommerce. That's probably WordPress and WooCommerce. Was, was what you just said really what, I mean, was that the real motive there behind it was that we could see that we could expand or move in the direction and were you doing much of that either one of you before that or you know how did that evolve where you said okay this is the direction we're moving in and why dave why don't you take that yeah because jimmy was already there right so jimmy didn't have to move he just had to like uh plan plan to help us move very quickly to what they were already doing so i'd say the, the overlap, the Venn diagram, I love Venn diagrams, of uh, uh, what we did as businesses was pretty much 100% overlapped, but it was about the weighting. So where we were kind of 80% project-based and 80% CMS-based, uh, Angry were almost the opposite. So they're more like 80% WooCommerce, almost 80% retainer. Um, and when, when we look at the impact of um, COVID and lockdown, we see, all right, you know, if we if we ignore that some sectors got absolutely hammered, then uh, project losses versus retainer losses were much worse in terms of pipeline and sort of projects being put on pause. So it was a much more fragile sort of um, commercial outlook. Um, plus, WooCommerce being a sort of growth space, uh, so it was really. I mean, I, I would like to think that there were things around. The pragmatic way of doing things which is which means that you know together we are building a business which is different together but we're like in terms of focus and business model we're paddling uh far more over to angry's way of doing things than, than they're coming this way thanks to our sponsor paypal in time for the holiday season paypal has launched a new pay later option called pay in four This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. 
All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over, click Marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. Anything to add there, Jimmy? We have been, you know, over the years, um, haven't had a very, you know, data-driven way of, uh, of doing, well, business, I guess. You know, um, we've set up a business that, you know, is, is, um, we are very, very keen to improve ourselves. And, you know, we measure things uh, very, uh, we're very good at measuring things internally. Uh, and that means that, you know, we can, we can see the, you know, value of optimization, not just with our clients, but also within ourselves. Um, so, so yeah, that's why we, you know, over the years, we've moved towards a model that looks like this. And like, you know, if you do a, uh, if you do a CMS type build, yeah. Uh, like only the the like the top uh, up to the top to your clients they they will let you you know take the support let you do that let you do that do the maintenance and you know have a nice you know cooperation going on but like most most of these gigs they like you know you do go in and you do the job and then like okay thank you bye we'll maybe we'll see each other again and you know it's a uh, you know it's it's the um um you know it's it's you need to it's what can i say it's it's um it's like being young and you know hooking up with people in a bar basically you know <laughs> uh and and uh, what we're doing with woocommerce is more like you know growing up uh, you know having a steady relationship and where you you know have a a true relationship so you know we 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 um we help them grow we help them uh, you know, we help help out with their maintenance, and uh, you know, because like a CMS type uh, client will be like, yeah, whatever. You know, if the site breaks, it breaks. I don't care that much, um, and it, it's a quick fix anyway, basically. And that's why, and 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 you know, it's a, it's a you can make a a good business there, but you know, it's that has to be mainly automated. You have to be like you know, manage WP or you know have something like that in order for, for that to be a valid business model. But for e-commerce, it, you know, you have to have that, you know, stability that you, you as a business uh, vendor, you, you, you know, you can, you know that you can call us 24 seven and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have, some, if your site, you know, has, has, has a problem, we'll have people working on it 24 seven, um, uh, 365 days a week. Um, so you can count on, you know, uh, just pushing that traffic through your site, and you know that's the kind of of, of uh, responsibility you need from a partner if you're uh, pushing business down to down an e-commerce funnel. And just like we've had, I mean, like we had huge um, like um, publishers working with um, uh, that we work with, and they were like, you know, it doesn't really matter if the site goes down. You know, as long as uh, as long as the content is still there an hour from now, eh, you know, stuff happens, you know. Uh, but uh, for an e-commerce vendor, they can, you know, they measure that time, um, uh, they measure that downtime in, you know, minutes and, you know, loss per minute, more or less. So, you know, that makes it 
for them, it's really important to to have that. You know, open source has a you know in, a problem, and that's basically who's responsible. Okay, so f- from a client perspective, you are given a lot of free stuff. Yeah, you get free updates and you know free features and you know all of these free stuff and like you see you, you know just stuff are pouring in and but like who's responsible for that really you know that's that's you as a client there's no one else responsible like you can blame your agency as much as you want for like oh it's just uh, it should be you that uh, you know but like that that's why a lot of agencies like they do the project and then they run because like they don't want to end up in that situation uh, where where they have to take on that responsibility so like early on we we figure out like hey let's 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 be that that kind of business let's solve that problem in open source that you know let's put a fee on like a, a, um, um, a monthly cost and you know no matter what we'll cover it like if there's crazy bucks we'll cover it if there's you know this and that we'll cover it and that way, you know, sure, it's a premium service, but like if there's that, that gives us also incentive to like if there's a crazy bug in core, you know, there, we can we actually have a budget to to fix it. That's we I, I mean, like we like to call it sustainable open source because like it's not we actually, you know, take money from our clients that we can use to, you know, help support the open source industry. Um and a lot, and sometimes we do. I mean, we've helped fix uh, a couple of really serious things in WooCommerce, and a lot of the times it's you know working with plugin authors, and that can be a bit harder, though. Um, yeah. So you've so you've built you've built uh, sustainable businesses um, that contribute back to the ecosystem when it makes sense. Um, you've worked your butts off to, um, to both make, uh, great agencies yourselves. Um, it sounds like you've collaborated with other like-minded, um, agencies, people that have been coming up, people that are, that are more experienced than you and people that are in your same, uh, life cycle. And now you're collaborating, um, together and uh, it sounds like the future is extremely um, profitable and bright for um, for this joint venture. Um, and it seems like you have it all. Um, and I guess my next question is, um, what what can people do, agencies like you or organizations in general in the open source world, what can they do uh, to give back? Specifically, I'm thinking about uh, Grant for the Web, right? Um, but but there, there are other places that people can um, help to contribute and, and, and give things back when, when they finally you know, reach that level of success where they're, they're comfortable, but they still have interesting challenges. Um, that don't keep them up at night because they need to, you know, buy their next loaf of bread, but they keep them up at night because uh, they they enjoy the challenge and and there's there's something interesting there. So what you know what is there on the web that can help contribute back to open source more than just um, core contribution or um, and not just core contribution is a big deal, right? But um, what do you think, Dave? Um, 
So I'm going to come back to Grant for the web if we get time, um, because that's it's super interesting. I'd say one of the one of the things that really is on my mind a lot at the moment is um, helping to create opportunities for for people, um, supporting people to to learn learn a trade, um, and to make sure that those opportunities are open to people from. All, all sorts of different backgrounds, uh, and we do a lot of work in ensuring that there are an equal opportunities employer, uh, especially from a neurodiversity perspective. And um, I think one of the things that I love about the WordPress space is that it's actually really a very inclusive community. That there, there have been some sort of, you know, recent uh, notable. <clears throat> exceptions to that but i think in in general it's an incredible global community and everyone whether they're young old whatever color they are whatever background they're from it like it feels like much more of a meritocracy than many of the places that uh i i see around the world um in a, in a lot of ways i think I, I go back to work camp europe in seville where you know where they're sort of the feeling was like we, we you know the the values that have helped us build wordpress and woocommerce as a community you know what else can we do with this like how can we take these things out into the world and help make the world a better place um and and i i do think that our community is very special in that way um so yeah, I guess we we focus a lot on that, right? I, I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I get to spend a lot of time thinking about the future and how that's going to impact us and our clients and our and our community, uh, and and I hope that giving back some of that is 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 a contribution personally, but I think probably the the most important thing we do is, you know, outside of supporting our clients, is is creating opportunities for people to you know to have interesting, rewarding, valuable careers where they can help other people as well as contribute to, you know, to this open source project, which is, you know, a legacy of us all to, to future generations. And then there are, if you think about it, there aren't that many things in life where you can do that, you know, for the greater good of, of people. Cool. What do you think, Jimmy? Like, first off, I'd say what's, what's most easy is, you know, being engaged in events you know, meeting other people, creating that, creating interest for what we do. Um, I'd say that that's a first and that's, you know, pretty easy. Just, just you know, show up um, in one form or another, you know, uh, just like online or, or, or not, you know, whatever. Uh, just show up, Show just showing up. That's the first step. But like from a larger perspective, um, you know, obviously it's creating um, – Creating having that sustainability built into your business model, right? And me, meaning that, like, like actually not taking all of this for granted, you know? Because there's a, like, okay, so I I live in a small town called Norrköping in Sweden, and you know, there's um, like ten years ago, uh, there were basically no other firms doing WordPress. It was only, uh, you know, me from my dorm room, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, 
So that was it. That that was the that was the WordPress uh, community in this town. Period. And but what happened over the you know over a couple of years there was that you know WordPress gained traction. Actually, I started having uh, meetups and then WordCamps locally, and then like one by one, the other bureaus like they they just switched from their you know home coded um, proprietary CMSs. Um, even the uh, even the companies only do you know engage in proprietary CMSs start up a WordPress section like it it you it's you you know it it just exploded everywhere and then like all of a sudden there were you know 150 people locally on my event I was like what it was only me uh, you know and I was alone in my dorm room how did this happen uh, so like just you know engaging and, and like speaking out of of uh, of um, on like how how should should things be done? I mean that's that's the first. Like obviously all of these firms now they're you know they are part of the WordPress community, but they're not in you know fully engaged in it because they're not at that point yet. You know you have to make a commitment to being a sustainable open source business in order for for uh, you know actually helping open source. And you can do it in you know several ways, but I think. What's most important as an entrepreneur is actually having that sustainability in your business to actually, actually, you know, seeing that there's a lot of people um, doing this and, you know, it should be, we, we shouldn't only, you know, hope for people to, to um, um, give you free updates. Uh, we should actually, you know, have them on payroll to do those updates. You know, that's what makes sense. Um, and that would create sustainability in the long run, and uh, and yeah, I think more more companies need to do that. And like, first of all, because it's the right thing to do. Second, you know, you in the long run, you'll you know, a you'll have better people, and b you know, you'll have a better product. Um, that uh, and you know, everyone will benefit. Um, but also like um. You know, in, in in the big like, if you want to stick to doing WordPress, yeah, then you kind of have to, because like when you're a big enough firm, you have to start, you know, pushing that time into like, you know, pushing the the uh, uh, the product onto like where you want it to go, and and, and yeah, certainly it will be hard for a business of uh, of you know, roughly seventy. That's where we are now. Um, to push that, you know, to make a, a, as big a dent as maybe you know automatic, obviously. Uh, but you know, where we uh, we we're we're thousands and thousands of people working with this, and like if everyone would like build into their business model, we would also have like um, we'd have a business standard, basically, like saying, uh, I mean, I mean, like ten years ago, no one did maintenance here over here. Now everyone. In the in the Swedish scene, sells maintenance. Everyone does that. Like we we were probably the first who did that, and like we've been very open with how we do it and like you know how much it costs and you know roughly it's all on our website. And um, you know people are just like I can I can go to like any competitor and just check out like yeah that's basically my. 
price. That's basically my pricing there that they just copied and put put on their site. But you know they're free to do that because like that creates a business standard. And if we all had that standard and all think like okay, let's let's you know let's have a stable, um, let's have a sustainable open source business. So this is what we charge usually, and and we will you know make a commitment to actually you know if we find a a, a problem in our one of our you know in one of the plugins that we use for like our 200 websites whatever then we you know we'll commit to actually like pushing a a fix uh, upstream um you know that's how businesses should be designed and like if if i can help other businesses uh, be designed like that um that's great because i will benefit they will benefit and our community will benefit because it's a it will be de facto become a standard and we need standards because uh, like we're as a community we're fractured like some people do this some people do that and like open source get a lot of shit um from like you know the the, the, the you know the larger firms saying that basically you know these guys aren't serious who can be serious with open source and um you know if they ha- if they have huge funds they can like yeah whatever we'll just go with this super proprietary stuff because they are professionals and these open source people are not. So like if we have a, a common business standard and we, you know, take that responsibility and we help the the community, you know, it will help our businesses and it will also help everyone, you know, pitch to clients that open source is is big business. Open source is um it's it's the you know it's the real deal and we can do really great stuff and you don't have to you know use these proprietary products. Well, Mendel, I'd say that, you know, we have um, shows that have gold nuggets and we have shows that are freaking gold mine. So, um, you know, I, I think we're kind of at the latter here with this one. Uh, wow, a lot of stuff to digest and, uh, yeah, a lot of great information. In fact, I'm going to spend some time on the transcript just um, taking in more of this. And, of course, I won't hear those wonderful accents, but, you know, I, I can listen to as well. So, well, I'm going to quickly thank our sponsors one more time before we uh, shoot out of here. Uh, WooCommerce.com, as Mendel mentioned, check out the community chat. The last Thursday of every month, I believe it was at 1800 UTC. And do check out PayPal's Paying For, uh, a great way uh, to spread out for payments over every other week. And Come holiday time, you may need that to budget in for those uh, few extra gifts. So check them both out. Uh, Jimmy, let's start with you. Where can people connect with you on the web? You can email me at jimmy at angercreative.se. And that's my main um, email. And I'm a very private person, so uh, I'm not really on social media. I'm more open. I'm uh, at Divvy D-I-V-Y, D-O-V-Y, for reasons lost to the mists of time, um, mainly on Twitter, also on Instagram. If you if you want to talk work, then basically Twitter or, or, or D at pragmatic.agency, always super happy to hear from anyone and uh, keep keep, um, keep the conversation going. So, yeah, look forward to hearing from you. And uh, Bob Mendel, thank you so much for, for having us, guys. Thanks for doing this podcast and keep it, keeping the good word of the woo out in the world. Thank you for having us. It's been great. 
All right. Well, let's call it a wrap then. And we are out of here. You can check this out on your favorite pod app. And until next week, do the boogie.